Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, Working in U.S. Policy as a Foreign National, Immigration Pathways and Types of Impact, published by Darius M. on April 25, 2022 on the Effective Altruism Forum. Given the importance of U.S. policy across many cause areas, AI, biosecurity, nuclear security, etc. It is not uncommon for EAs who are not U.S. citizens to wonder whether they should still try to work in U.S. policy. This post provides immigration-related information to foreign nationals considering U.S. policy work, though much of it will be relevant beyond policy work as well. The post does not argue that foreign nationals should work in U.S. policy or compare policy work in the U.S. to policy work in their home country. Rather, it simply provides information that can help people weigh their options. If you are not a U.S. citizen and want to talk through working in U.S. policy, you can get in touch with EA community members who have relevant knowledge shared backgrounds by filling in this Google form. Please note that I'm not an immigration expert and advise you to do your own research if you want to work in the U.S. In particular, I recommend talking to an immigration attorney before you make any important career decisions that involve moving to the U.S. The U.S. immigration system is complex and expert advice can help you avoid mistakes, wasted effort, and unnecessary frustration. Summary. The four main immigration categories for foreign nationals seeking to work in U.S. policy are, in increasing order of difficulty to obtain and flexibility once you have it, i. Pursuing an academic degree in the U.S., 2. Temporary work visa, 3. Green card, i.e., permanent residency, and, 4. Becoming a U.S. citizen. Many people progress through these four categories sequentially, which may take them more than a decade before becoming U.S. citizens, and some people who try never manage to get a green card citizenship. However, if you can skip steps, I and or, two, you may shorten your immigration journey substantially. The biggest hurdle to overcome to live and work in the U.S. long term is getting a green card. Once you have that, becoming a citizen is straightforward, though it will take another three to five years. You can't become a citizen without first getting a green card. There are different types of student visas, F1, J1, temporary work visas, H1B, O1, etc., and green cards, each with differing application processes and restrictions. I cover these in more detail below. You can do valuable policy-related, and other, work in any of these four immigration categories. However, some jobs are off-limits if you are a student, on a temporary work visa, or, though with much fewer restrictions, on a green card. Depending on your immigration status, you can do policy work in a variety of different settings, running for office or campaigning, working in executive agencies or Congress, doing policy research advocacy in academia or think tanks nonprofits, or working at for-profits, for example lobbying, government contracting. The opportunity cost of U.S. policy work as a foreign national compared to policy work in your home country may be significant, consisting of a period of several years during which your job opportunities are limited, for example since you cannot work directly for the government, but this may well be outweighed by the greater overall impact you can have in U.S. policy over the long term, or in the near term if you can get a high-impact non-governmental job. What the right choice is for you depends on your individual circumstances. Policy work by immigration status. The following table provides an overview of the types of policy work you can do across four categories of U.S. immigration status, along with other practical information. Subsequent sections of this post elaborate on the types of policy work and on the specifics of the four immigration status categories and visa types. Eligibility for types of policy activities. Student. Temporary work. Green card. Citizenship. Duration. Length of your degree plus one to three years OPT. 1 to 10 plus years, very uncertain, can be skipped if lucky. Indefinite, 
but eligible to apply for citizenship after 3 to 5 years. Indefinite. Relevant visa categories. F1, J1. H1B, O1, etc. Employment-based, family-based, lottery-based. Can get a security clearance? No. 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 Yes. Some clearance levels might require you to give up your home nationality. Run for office. Campaigning. Executive. Legislative. Academia. Think tanks. For profits. Run for office. Campaigning. Executive. Legislative. Academia. Think tanks. For profits. Run for office. Campaigning. Executive. Some. Legislative. Academia. Think tanks. For profits. Run for office campaigning executive, all legislative academia think tanks. For profits. What can you do? Easy to work on campus. Off-campus work requires special authorization. You can work for one year, or three years for U.S. STEM graduates, after graduation using optional practical training, OPT, in a position that is directly related to, the, student's major area of study. You can work at a think tank nonprofit, university, or an industry, for example lobbying, government contracting. You can do any work, except for I work that requires a security clearance, and two, running for office. You can work in Congress, but you mostly can't work in the executive branch, with some exceptions. You can do any work. Difficulty and practical requirements? Easy to get as long as you can prove you have strong ties to your home country and have sufficient financial resources to cover tuition and living expenses. Requires a university offer. Medium difficult to get. Requires employment sponsorship, job offer plus willingness to sponsor. H-1B sponsorship is costly, so not every employer is willing to sponsor foreign nationals. H-1B visa involves an annual lottery with one-third chance of success unless the employer is exempt from the H-1B cap, details below. H-1B holders are tied to one employer. Changing employers requires reapplying for H-1B, though with a simplified process. O-1 visas require that the individual have sustained national or international acclaim and be one of the small percentage at the very top of their field. There is no annual limit on these visas, but they are difficult to attain. Difficult to get. Three main paths, 1.employment-based, EB-2. Family-based, FB-3. Lottery-based, pound. EB, most categories require employer sponsorship. Extraordinary ability and national interest waiver cases can be self-petitioned. FB, requires sponsorship from spouse, or other close family member, with U.S. citizenship or green card. Pound, eligibility and chances of success depend on nationality. There are only 50,000 diversity visas available worldwide per year. Green card required, but easy to get once you have a green card. Eligible to apply for citizenship 5 years from when you get your green card, only 3 years if you were married to a U.S. citizen the entire time. Citizenship application typically takes 6 to 12 months to be approved. Number capped? No. No cap for O-1 visa. H-1 visas are capped, but I a higher cap applies if you hold a U.S. master's, too, your cap exempt at a non-profit or government research organization, a university, or a non-profit affiliated with a university. 3. No cap applies if you already have an H-1B, that was subject to the cap, and want to switch location, role, or employer. There are no caps for immediate family sponsorship, U.S. citizens sponsoring their spouses, unmarried children under age 21, or parents. There are caps for EB, other FB, and pound green cards. 
Wait times and probability of success vary by country due to country-based caps. No. Types of policy work and impact. Oversimplifying somewhat, there are three paths to impact through policy work. Policy idea development, research to inform or develop policy proposals. Policy advocacy, promoting specific policy proposals. Policy implementation, implementing specific policy proposals, for example passing them into law, executing them in a government agency. As the following table demonstrates, you can do most types of policy work besides implementation as a non-citizen, and even as what the U.S. immigration system terms a non-immigrant, i.e., temporary resident without green card. Type of impact. Requires. Example. Green card. Citizenship. Security clearance. Run for office. Advocacy. Implementation. Yes. No. Get elected to the U.S. Congress. Campaigning. Advocacy. Implementation. Indirect. Yes. No. No. Work for a political campaign to help get a candidate elected. Executive. Advocacy. Implementation. Yes. Often. Sometimes. Work for a government agency like the State Department. Legislative. Advocacy. Implementation. Yes. Sometimes. Rarely. Work as a congressional staffer. Academia. Idea development. Advocacy. No. 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 Pursue an academic career researching relevant policy topics. Think tanks, nonprofits. Idea development. Advocacy. No. 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 Work for organizations like Brookings, the Nuclear Threat Initiative, etc. For profits. Idea development. Advocacy. Implementation. No. Rarely. For gov contracting. Rarely. For gov contracting. Work as a researcher, lobbyist, government contractor, consultant, etc. Note that the U.S. is famous for its revolving door principle, which describes the permeable boundaries between different types of U.S. policy organizations. It is relatively easy and common in the U.S. to move between different types of policy work, such as switching from a think tank to the executive branch and back. Consequently, you don't have to commit to one specific path long term, for example only working in think tanks. Due to the above-mentioned work and security clearance restrictions, students and temporary workers have more limited job options and cannot take full advantage of the revolving door. However, even as a student or temporary worker, you can gain valuable career capital, experience, credentials, networks, etc., in academia or through think tank work, which can help you get positions in Congress or government agencies after you get a green card or citizenship. You can also do high-impact direct work from outside the government. See this post on think tanks for some examples and more discussion. Immigration category details. The following visual illustrates the most common pathways into and through the U.S. immigration system. The longest, but common, process would involve starting as a student, getting a temporary work visa, then a green card, and then citizenship, depending on how long it takes to get green card sponsorship. This process can take more than a decade. If you start in the U.S. later during the chain, or manage to skip a step, for example going straight from student to green card, your immigration journey could be considerably shorter. One caveat before going into the specific categories, all student and some temporary work visas do not allow for dual intent, which is the intent to remain in the U.S. both temporarily on the visa and permanently as a green card holder. While it is possible to, for example, go from student visa holder to permanent resident, it could impact your ability to travel internationally and or to extend your temporary visa status once you reach a certain point in your green card case. Thus, 
you should consult with an immigration attorney if you are contemplating permanent residence while in a non-immigrant visa category which prohibits dual intent. The appendix goes into more detail on this issue. 1. Student. Pursuing an academic degree in the U.S. can be a good entry point to U.S. policy work, whether at the bachelor's, master's, or Ph.D. level. Depending on your degree and university, studying in the U.S. will help you to I. Learn about the U.S. political system. 2. Build a network among future U.S. policy researchers and practitioners. 3. Gain a valuable credential, one that will often be more highly valued by U.S. employers than a degree from a foreign university. And 4. In the case of Ph.D., conduct useful and original research. International students are generally not permitted to work in the executive or, with rare exceptions, the legislative branch, and they are barred from any positions requiring a security clearance. Consequently, the main options for international students seeking to prepare for work in U.S. policy are think tanks, universities, and nonprofits. Conditional on receiving an offer from a U.S. university, it is usually pretty easy to get a visa to study in the U.S. since there are no caps on the number of student visas that can be issued each year, unlike with temporary work visas, reviewed below. The most common visa category for international students is the F-1 visa, the second most common being the J-1 visa, here is a good overview of the differences. Studying in the U.S. does not directly help to obtain a green card or U.S. citizenship later, however, it may well help indirectly by making it more likely that you will find either a U.S. spouse, for a family-based green card, or a U.S. employer willing to sponsor you, for an employment-based one. International students in the U.S. face restrictions regarding the amount and type of work they are allowed to do. During the academic semester, F1 students cannot work more than 20 hours per week, though full-time work is possible during breaks, including the three-month summer break. It is usually easy to get a work authorization for on-campus employment, such as being a research assistant for a professor at your university. However, depending on your university, there may be few on-campus work opportunities that are relevant to policy work. Thus, a major advantage of getting a degree at a policy school like Georgetown University is that there are more relevant on-campus employment opportunities. It is more difficult, though often still possible within limits, to be authorized for off-campus employment, i.e., working for an organization that is not your university. F1 students may be authorized to complete one to three off-campus internships during their degree under a program called Curricular Practical Training, CPT, though the details differ by university and degree program. Importantly, all F1 students are allowed to work in the U.S. for up to one year, or three years for U.S. STEM students after completion of their degree under a program called Optional Practical Training, OPT. Note that your job must be directly related to an F1 student's major area of study, which may limit your flexibility. OPT is a key reason that studying in the U.S. is attractive for many international students. Degree programs that are particularly suitable to lay the groundwork for future policy work, especially for non-STEM students, include public policy, political science, international relations, economics, law, and some specialized degrees like the biodefense programs offered by George Mason University. Being located in Washington, D.C., is particularly valuable, which puts a premium on D.C.-based institutions such as Georgetown University, Johns Hopkins Say, George Washington University, George Mason University, or American University, in rough order of prestige for policy degrees. 2. Temporary work. The most common path for foreign nationals to work in the U.S. is on a temporary work visa. These visas present another entry point for working in U.S. policy other than studying in the U.S. There are various different types of temporary work visas, each with different requirements, upsides and downsides. The most relevant types are the H-1B Specialty Occupation Visa, 
most common professional work visa, country-specific analogs to the H-1B, E-3, TN, H-1B-1, and the O-1 Extraordinary Ability Visa. Similar to international students, temporary workers are usually not permitted to work in the executive or, with rare exceptions, the legislative branch, or in positions requiring a security clearance. Consequently, the main options for temporary workers seeking to, prepare for, work in U.S. policy are think tanks, universities, and nonprofits. Generally, temporary work visas require employment sponsorship. That is, an organization needs to offer you a job and be willing to sponsor your visa, which may come with significant costs and administrative overhead for the organization. As the name suggests, these visas are also time-limited. The default duration of both H-1B and O-1 visas is three years. The H-1B visa period is extendable up to six years and you can reapply in the future after spending at least one year abroad. The O-1 visa period may be extended indefinitely in one-year increments. Temporary work visas can be subject to caps, while O-1 visas are not capped, the number of H-1B visas granted per year is limited to 65,000. There are an additional 20,000 H-1Bs for foreign nationals holding a master's or higher degree from U.S. universities. Another 6,800 spots are available specifically for citizens of Singapore and Chile. Moreover, you're exempt from the cap if, I, you're working at a university, a non-profit associated with a university, or a non-profit or government research organization, 2, if you have been counted toward the H-1B cap in the previous six years, 3, or you already have an H-1B and want to extend your visa, change your location or role while working for the same employer, or change employers. Every year many more people apply for H-1B visas than are available. To select which applicants get the H-1B, the government runs an annual lottery, which involves an approximately one-third chance of success. A downside of the H-1B visa is that you are tied to a particular employer. If you quit your job or get fired, you lose your H-1B status and might have to leave the country within a 60-day grace period unless you can find another employer to sponsor you in time. Moreover, while H-1B employees may not be treated differently from similarly situated U.S. workers, U.S. employers are allowed to replace H-1B workers with qualified U.S. workers. Working in the U.S. on a temporary work visa does not directly help to obtain a green card or U.S. citizenship later. However, it may well help indirectly by making it more likely that you will find either a U.S. spouse, i.e., family-based, or an organization willing to sponsor you, i.e., employment-based. Other temporary work visa categories include L-1A and L-1B, intracompany transferees, if you work for a U.S. multinational abroad. E-1 and E-2, treaty traders, investors, and investor employees. E-3, specialty occupation visas for Australians. TN, North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, temporary professionals from Mexico and Canada. H-1B-1, specialty occupation visas for nationals of Chile or Singapore. 3. Green card, i.e., permanent residency. The most substantial challenge to overcome in order to live and work in the U.S. permanently is to get a green card. As a green card holder, you can do most kinds of work, including in the legislative branch as a congressional staffer. However, you cannot get a security clearance or, with some exceptions, work in the executive branch. There are three main ways to get a green card. 1. Family-based, FB, sponsorship by an immediate relative, a spouse, parent, or child, who is a U.S. citizen. There are four additional family preference immigrant categories, F1 through F4, which may make other family members eligible to apply for a green card, for example spouses and children of U.S. permanent residents, adult unmarried children of U.S. citizens or permanent residents, and siblings of U.S. citizens. 
there are no caps on green cards for immediate relatives of U.S. citizens, i.e., spouses, parents, and unmarried minor children under age 21, and consequently no wait times. In contrast, there are caps for applicants of family preference FB green cards, meaning you have to wait for one to become available. The associated wait time depends on your preference category, which can range, according to this website, from a year or two for F1 applicants and up to a decade or longer for F4 applicants. 2. Employment-based, there are five categories, EB1 through EB5, of employment-based green cards and, with limited exceptions, they require either sponsorship by an employer or demonstration of extraordinary abilities. The sponsorship is required for EB2 and EB3 to get a labor certification, but not for EB1, EB4, or EB5, which verifies that, i, there are insufficient available, qualified, and willing U.S. workers to fill the position being offered at the prevailing wage and, 2. Hiring a foreign worker will not adversely affect the wages and working conditions of similarly employed U.S. workers. As the employer is required to test the U.S. labor market and demonstrate there are no qualified, interested, or available U.S. workers, the process can be expensive and arduous, which explains why many employers are reluctant to do so. Large employers typically find this easier than small employers, with the largest companies having dedicated in-house immigration lawyers to sponsor employees from abroad, though plenty of small and medium-sized employers are also willing to sponsor the right person. In addition to the EB-1 Extraordinary Ability category, another option is the EB-2 National Interest Waiver, NIW, category which can be self-petitioned and does not require a labor certification. To qualify for a NIU, your work must be in an area of substantial merit and national importance, you must be well positioned to advance the endeavor, and the benefit of your contributions must outweigh the interests protected by the labor certification process, for example your work is urgent and important to the U.S. national interest. 3. Lottery-based, the U.S. government runs an annual diversity immigrant visa lottery, which makes up to 50,000 immigrant visas available annually, drawn from random selection among all entries to individuals who are from countries with low rates of immigration to the United States. Consequently, your eligibility and chances for success in the lottery depend on your nationality. One website claims that, the chances of winning a green card are currently about 125 to 175, depending on the region you live in, for Europeans, most recently about 145. To participate in the lottery, you need to submit an application during an annual one-month window, usually in October. It is free to apply and can be done online. While the chances of winning are low, it does not take many resources to apply. There are country-based caps on the number of EB and family preference FB green cards, such that immigrants from no single country can receive more than 7% of the green cards in any given year. This results in high backlogs and long wait times, often years, up to decades, for certain immigrants, especially those from populous countries like India, China, Mexico, and the Philippines. As stated here, the per-country limits treat each nation equally, but not each immigrant equally. China receives the same treatment as Estonia, but immigrants from Estonia who apply today could receive their visas this year, while immigrants from China who apply today could have to wait a generation. Proposals to eliminate country-based caps have been actively considered by Congress in recent years. 4. Citizenship. As a green cardholder it is relatively easy to become a U.S. citizen. To apply for citizenship, you need to have had a green card for at least five years, only three years if you were married to a U.S. citizen the entire time. Once you are eligible to apply, the process itself is relatively straightforward, consisting mainly of a simple language and civics test, and typically takes another 6 to 12 months until naturalization is complete. Once you have become a U.S. citizen, you can do, almost, any work and likely won't face significant discrimination for being foreign-born. 
This includes roles in government, all the way up to high-level political appointments and elected office, excluding the presidency. As a foreign-born U.S. citizen, you can get a security clearance. However, your likely high number of foreign contacts may cause delays and decrease your chances of success. This is essentially equivalent to a U.S.-born citizen who has lived abroad for a significant period of time. Moreover, some security clearance levels might require you to give up your home nationality. While dual citizens can sometimes get a clearance, you likely have to be prepared to give it up if they ask. Continuing family ties in countries of concern, for example China, Russia, Iran, may also hamper some immigrants' ability to get clearances. Conclusion. There are several different immigration pathways that allow foreign nationals to work in U.S. policy, each with distinct advantages and challenges. A student visa or temporary work visa may present good entry points for U.S. policy work, but only a green card or citizenship allow you to live and work in the U.S. indefinitely. On the positive side, foreign nationals can gain career capital and do impactful work in U.S. policy even on temporary work visas, for instance as a think tank researcher. In general, the U.S. policy ecosystem is welcoming of immigrants, even in the national security space. Given the U.S.'s international influence, depending on where you're from, the impact you can make through U.S. policy work may be substantially larger than if you were to do similar work in your country of origin. On the negative side, foreign nationals often have to enter the U.S. system as a student or temporary worker, with little certainty about how long it would take to obtain permanent residency citizenship, it may take more than a decade, or even whether that will be possible at all. Moreover, U.S. immigration can be an arduous and costly process, in terms of money, time, and stress, and migration can involve leaving behind family and friends. Ultimately, trying to settle in the U.S., whether to work in policy or elsewhere, is an individual decision that requires taking into account one's personal fit, circumstances, and preferences. While making any recommendations in the abstract is difficult, I hope to help inform this choice by writing a follow-up post in the future to compare the case for working in U.S. policy versus EU policy versus UK policy versus policy in other countries. I am grateful to Merlin Herrick, Sophie Rose, and three anonymous reviewers for providing feedback on this article before publication. Appendix, Dual Intent The U.S. immigration system distinguishes between foreign nationals, I, seeking to come to the U.S. only temporarily, those with non-immigrant intent, and, two, those wishing to live in the U.S. permanently, those with immigrant intent. When applying for a U.S. visa, dual intent means you want a visa to gain temporary entry to the U.S. and you also aim to become a U.S. permanent resident by getting a green card. Non-dual intent means simply that you intend to leave the U.S. again after your temporary visa period is over. Importantly, some temporary U.S. visas allow you to have dual intent while others don't. Examples of dual intent visas include the H-1B and O-1 temporary work visas. Non-dual intent visas include the F-1 and J-1 student visas. The following table includes the visa categories likely to be most relevant for readers of this post and whether they allow for dual intent or not. Non-dual intent visas. Dual intent visas. Visa. Purpose. Visa. Purpose. F-1. Academic students. H-1B. Certain temporary workers. J-1. Exchange students. H-4. Dependents of H-1B workers. M-1. Vocational students. O-1. Extraordinary ability workers. B-half. Business or tourism visitor. O-3. Dependents of O-1 workers. E-half. Treaty traders, investors, and investor employees. L-1A-B. Intracompany transferees. E3. Certain Australian professionals. H1B1. 
certain Chilean or Singaporean professionals. TN. NAFTA professionals from Mexico and Canada. When you apply for a non-dual intent visa, you need to demonstrate that you have non-immigrant intent. As this website explains, you might be required to bring many forms of proof to your visa interview, showing, for example, that you maintain a residence abroad, have a family abroad, have a temporary work contract in the U.S. If you own property such as a house or car or hold bank accounts and credit cards in your home country, you should provide proof of those financial ties as well. If U.S. immigration officials infer that you have immigrant intent, in the worst case, according to Wikipedia, this is grounds for termination of non-immigrant visas issued, refusal of the visa application, refusal of admission at the port of entry, refusal of readmission, or removal, deportation. The difficulty of demonstrating non-immigrant intent varies by country of origin. For those from wealthy countries, there is less mistrust and non-immigrant intent will generally be assumed as long as you do not, say, directly tell consular officers during your F-1 student visa interview that you intend to settle in the U.S. permanently. For example, even applying for the annual diversity green card lottery is not seen as an indication of immigrant intent. However, if selected in the lottery, you should be careful when submitting your actual green card application. On the other hand, those from lower-income countries are viewed with more skepticism and their visa applications more often rejected due to dual-intent concerns. In general, if you have questions about dual-intent issues, it is good to consult an immigration attorney, or, if you are an international student, your university's international student office. As a starting point, this article is a useful guide on some things to pay attention to and avoid. The J-1 visa is also sometimes used by foreign nationals to complete internships in the U.S. even without studying there, for example see this article. However, this seems fairly rare, given that most employers get too many competent domestic internship applicants anyway to bother helping foreign national interns to get a U.S. visa. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the Nonlinear Library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.